Marco on the normal radio. Free weed. Free weed. Oh, yo. Danny Danko come to show you how it grows. You're now tuned in to Free Weed from Danny Danko. All right. So here we are. Episode 87. And uh, we're going to get it underway with some news. Yeah, man. So... I guess uh, the first thing we should cover is um, we, we had planned to have a, a cup in central California. We wanted to uh, to visit the Fresno area around Halloween. We, we discussed it here. You and I were going to dress up like Batman and Robin. I was going to be Batman. <laughs> um, but we don't live in a perfect world. Right. And uh, the event itself has been postponed until next year. Um, wasn't anything of our fault. Uh, basically, the permit applications... Um, were denied, and then we had to secure a new venue and blah, blah, blah. And basically, we ran out of time um, dealing with a lot of these um, permit applications and things. And so we're rescheduling it, and uh, it's going to be next year. Yeah, and we are determined to, to be in Central California. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, re- we really definitely want to uh, want to be a part of that because we've got Northern Cali, we've got Southern Cali, and it'd be great to, to get that central area Involved. There's tons of cannabis growing, tons of cannabis enthusiasm there. A um, little bit more conservative uh, as far as California goes, and I think that might be why we ran into some problems. But, uh, you know, marijuana is a booming business, and it's going to boom there too. Um, so we're delaying the event until next year. If people purchase tickets, uh, we're definitely encouraging them to transfer those tickets uh, to the San Bernardino event, which is in early 2016, uh, end of January, early February. Uh, if you're interested in doing that, please email us at CannabisCupHelp at HighTimes.com. That's CannabisCupHelp at HighTimes.com. Uh, we'll honor refunds as well if people are interested and can't make it to San Bernardino. Uh, but we're hoping people will transfer over because the new the San Bernardino event is going to take place on two consecutive weekends, uh, January 30th and 31st and February 5th and through 7th. So um, it's going to be a huge Cannabis Cup. It's the first time we've gone... Uh, two weekends with the event, and so uh, now that we have some time to plan for that, uh, we're we're excited about it, and hopefully people will transfer over their tickets to that. Um, you can find out all the info on uh, Central Cali being postponed at CannabisCup.com, uh, and like I said, you can email CannabisCupHelp at HighTimes.com um, with any concerns or questions, or if you're interested in transferring your tickets or getting a refund. So uh, we're excited for Jamaica. We have the Jamaican Cup coming up uh, November 12th through 15th. That is the uh, Roots Fest. Um, actually, the official, let's see, what's the official? Uh, it's the Rastafari Roots Fest uh, hosts hosting. the High Times Jamaican Cannabis Cup, I think. That's right. Is the full title? That's right. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, that's going to be in Negril, Jamaica. Tickets are on sale, of course, at CannabisCup.com. Uh, the musical acts that we're working on getting right now are incredible. Um, so I, I, we can't make any announcements yet, but I highly recommend if you if you're willing to take that vacation down there. It's going to be beautiful sunshine, amazing uh, Jamaican beaches, incredible herb, incredible food, and maybe a couple of free weed uh, seminars. Possibly, yeah, I'm definitely doing at least one uh, panel down there um, for sure, which will be taped for free weed, of course. And uh, yeah, I mean uh, the ganja, the the sunshine. It's going to be amazing. We're definitely looking forward to that. Um, and that is, like I said, the 12th through the 15th of November. Indeed. As Dan mentioned, go check out CannabisCup.com. Get all the, uh, the most recent information. So that's uh, sort of our cup date. Uh, can, <laughs> we, can we trademark that? <laughs> the cup, cup date. date. Nice. But let's, uh, let's move on to some pot news. 
And I guess uh, if you're alive and you uh, watch uh, or respond to any kind of media, you know that the Democrats just had a little debate. Right. And frontrunner Hillary Clinton uh, kind of squared off against Bernie Sanders. And the topic of marijuana legalization came up. So we actually have them on the record both saying yay or nay to the possibility of legalizing pot. Mm-hmm. Why don't we uh, listen to what they said? Let's hear it. All right. Uh, Hillary first. When asked about legalizing recreational marijuana, you told her, let's wait and see how it plays out in Colorado and Washington. It's been more than a year since you said that. Are you ready to take a position tonight? No. I think that we have the opportunity through the states that are uh, pursuing uh, recreational marijuana to find out a lot more than we know today. I do support the use of medical marijuana. And I think even there, we need to do a lot more research so that we know exactly how we're going to help people uh, for whom uh, medical marijuana provides relief. So I think we're just at the beginning, but I agree completely with the idea that we have got to stop imprisoning people who use marijuana. Therefore, we need more states, cities, and the federal government to begin to address this so that we don't have this terrible result that Senator Sanders was talking about, where we have a huge population in our prisons for nonviolent, low-level offenses that are primarily due to marijuana. Okay, and now uh, let's get a little Bernie. Okay. Senator Sanders, right here in Nevada, there will be a measure to legalize recreational marijuana on the 2016 ballot. You said you smoked marijuana twice. didn't quite work for you. (laughs) If you were a Nevada resident, how would you vote? Um... I suspect I would vote yes. And I would vote yes because I am seeing in this country too many lives being destroyed uh, for nonviolent offenses. Uh, we have a criminal justice system that lets CEOs on Wall Street walk away, and yet we are imprisoning or giving jail sentences to young people who are smoking marijuana. I think we have to think through this war on drugs, which has done an enormous amount of damage. We need to rethink our criminal justice system, and we've got a lot of work to do in that area. All right. All right. Uh, Definitely, you know, uh, much more happy with Bernie's answer uh, than Hillary's there. yeah, I mean, he's very forthright in saying that uh, we certainly should not be locking people up for marijuana, um, whereas she takes a a more measured approach, basically saying, uh, you know, let the states figure these things out and let them be sort of an incubator uh, for uh, medical marijuana and all of that. So she's important to to note that distinction. She she isn't uh, opposed no. to pot. I don't think that she would be a thorn in the side of legalization. She's just no. not as out there as Bernie with uh, wanting to do it. Clearly, yeah. I mean, she, I think she knows that like if she came out fully against it, it would really cost her. You oh, know, yeah. obviously, a lot of progressive votes, a lot of uh, anybody. But that's who... the beauty of Bernie Sanders. He keeps forcing her further and further left. Right. You know, she wants to be very center, maybe a little right center, mm-hmm. and he's there saying, "Yeah, I want to legalize pot." Right. And also, let's redistribute the wealth in this country. Yeah, I mean, and even just watching the level of sanity among the Democrats comparatively to the Republicans. I mean, the Republicans, I mean, everyone says it. It's like a <laughs> clown car. It's like each person trying to outdo the other with insanity. Just flinging and the feces fact that all anybody over. supports any of those candidates is outrageous. So, I don't know. I mean... No, but, Trump has some interesting things to say. Let's, I mean, let's hear his take on China. 
You go over to China. 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 You take China. 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 The Trump says China thing is it's very funny, but I mean it's it's ridiculous that that anyone's even considering a vote for Trump or a vote for Fiorina or a vote for Carson, any of those idiots. They are absolute morons. And so uh, it was nice just to see an actual debate where people just talked about issues and stuff. So, yeah, and it's great to see Bernie pulling Hillary left. And, you know, I support Bernie. I will, of course, support Hillary if... uh, if it comes down to Hillary versus any Republicans, any none of them come close. So ultimately, whether you have to like hold your nose and vote for Hillary or whatever it might be, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we have to have a Democrat in the White House. We cannot have any Republican. I'm sorry. Even Rand Paul is tremendously idiotic. Uh, well, just listen to what we're discussing here. One person says, yes, legalize pot. And the other says, we have to stop imprisoning people who use marijuana. So rational, reasonable, right, you know, people on, you know, the legitimate side of the argument rather than even a guy like, I don't know, who was it, Rubio or Cruz, who said, we have to use federal power to, you know, to shut down marijuana in in states that have legalized it. I mean, it's like the opposite of a Republican stance, you Mm -hmm. know, like federal power against oh, Chris states rights thinks yeah. that you know pot users are yeah. uh, are disgusting yes. criminals and well i mean the only good thing i guess is that republicans are falling apart and the party <laughs> is just in complete disarray and hopefully will never ever win another election ever again in this country and did you may i just interrupt that thought for a second and ask you did you get any kind of creepy vibe from martin o'malley during the debate did he seem like maybe the drunk guy at the bar uh, at the end of the night trying he, to pick you up you know i went back and forth between the mets game and, uh, oh, <laughs> and the I debate see. so yeah. i didn't really catch all of it okay uh i saw some of the highlights and i, I saw some of it you know in between uh no, cheering for the mets yeah but uh the other guy webb kind of was creepy about killing he people definitely he said he killed, a guy killed somebody and, and then had a little smirk and <laughs> Lincoln that was Chafee, more of a kind he, of a he reminds me of um, what's the guy from Back to the Future, the uh, Chris, Crispin Glover. Oh, God. he has like a bit Whoa. of a weird Crispin Glover vibe uh, to we, me. We should get Crispin Glover on the show. Sometime. We should That'd see what he's up to. As long as he doesn't kick me in the face like he tried to do with Letterman. Oh, well, see, that would put you in the same class as Letterman. <laughs> You'd be making podcast history. Um, okay, so that, that's the view of the two. Um, and before you know, you, you start sending me crazy messages. <laughs> yes, I support Bernie. Yeah, uh, yes, I will support Hillary when inevitably Bernie does not win the South, which no one's talking about. But he has, you know, everyone's like, oh, he's doing great in New Hampshire and Ohio. But if you can't win any of those southern states, you cannot win the Democratic nomination. And as but far as I can tell, that's like close minded uh, thinking that that a, a elderly Jewish man can't win the South. <laughs> I'm wondering. <laughs> An old Jewish socialist from Vermont is going to take uh, one of those southern states. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. So all the Bernie guys, listen, I've been where you're at. I understand, you know, the Nader thing happened when I was younger and I understood the enthusiasm. But politics is not like that. Politics is the art of what's possible. And ultimately, it's going to be most likely Hillary versus I don't know who. But no matter who it is. We're going to have to vote for Hillary. I'm sorry. I know, uh, you know, that's upsetting to some of you guys, I guess. But yeah, uh, let us know if you are voting Republican <laughs> and you're uh, and you smoke weed. We would love to hear yeah. why. Yeah. Uh, why so you would vote let us know. for someone who would literally imprison you or deport you or, you know, have you 
basically executed for for marijuana use i mean some of these guys rhetoric is absolutely outrageous so yeah i'd be interested to know who who's a conservative that would actually vote for people who who would would imprison them you know and why more more importantly uh yeah yeah all right so th- those are the stances of the top two democrats running for president on weed here is why that is important now are you a football guy at all not at all. Okay. Well, sometimes in football, you catch a really long pass, and it's a great play, and you start celebrating early, and you're kind of lollygagging into the end zone. I've seen that. Yeah, and the defense comes up from behind and either tackles you or knocks the ball out. I have that sort of image in my mind when I read this story that the FBI has just announced that marijuana arrests have gone up, have increased for the first time since 2009. I, I don't get it. How is this possible with all these states, uh, you know, going decrim and, and legalization? It's, I think and, it's because we, we and... get lax. We start winning these little battles and we feel like this war is over. And you and I know, because nah. we live in New York, right. that it is not. It over, is not over. Over 700,000 arrests made for marijuana offenses in 2014. Ridiculous. More Ridiculous. than 88% for simple possession. What a waste of time, energy, and effort. I mean, even L- if you're this cop, line. you got to understand how stupid that is. I mean, that's... They, on average, one person was arrested for marijuana, uh, marijuana-related offense approximately every 45 seconds. Every 45 seconds! You know, and with all the issues we have with people running around, you know, crazy people with guns doing all this in- insane things. I mean, I, here living in New York, there's a murder every night. If, if you're in Chicago, <laughs> it's like five or ten murders every night. We need the police to stop that. We do not need them to stop us smoking pot. Please, I implore you. Like, this is outrageous. We, you know, and this is in the face of all these, all these, you know, marijuana law reform. And yet somehow still the arrests are increasing and uh, it's got to end. I don't know what we can do. I mean, obviously you got to vote, obviously, you know, locally, internationally, nationally, whatever it is we got to do, we got to do it because a statistic like this is just a slap in the face to all of us who work in um, marijuana law reform activism. It's it's really ridiculous that they're still locking people up and making these, these petty arrests. Which is why it's important that our elected officials have the stance that they're not going to lock people up for smoking weed, for yes. possession. Yes. So, you know, just get involved on that level. It's the only way we're going to win and stop celebrating. Yeah. Because, yeah, if you live in Colorado, if you live in Washington, this, you know, yeah. your life is pretty good. And the, wor- the thing I hate the worst is when people don't vote. And then uh. still have this attitude like my non my not voting is somehow political. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, I'm taking a stance against the establishment. That. I have friends of mine who tell me stuff like that. It makes me disgusted with them. I'm just can't believe it. People fought and died for your right to vote, and the fact that you go, you know, that you have this right and you don't, you know, you don't use it is just it's a slap in the face to the people who fought and died for it it's and not a stance countries, it's a cop out it's a you cop gotta, out it's yeah. a cop out it's you're lazy and you just you just you, you're waiting for perfection and that that's never going to come nope that's not how politics works politics is the art of what's possible so you get a choice like a clinton versus a bush and you say oh it's they're both the same they're both <laughs> no they are not both the same yes hillary has her problems and issues but they are not the same. And the, the best argument or example I can give you is, do you think we would be in the same place now, seven years out, 
if we had McCain and Romney as our presidents, as far as marijuana consumers. And my answer to you unequivocally <laughs> is we would not, okay? The, the m- amount of advancement that has happened in Colorado and Washington and Oregon and all these places would not have happened under a different administration, particularly a Republican one. So believe that. It's not, it's not even, that's not speculation. That's a fact. So voting matters. Voting in, interna- in national elections matters. And more importantly, vote in local elections. And if you don't like the candidates, become one. That's what you can do. You can be part of the city council. You can join, uh, you know, the parent teachers association, whatever it is. But do something. Don't sit back and say, oh, it's all messed up. We're fucked and nothing's going to fix it because that's the problem. You're the problem. All right, we got Danko all fired up here, but all that is is a uh, is... no because I hear this all no, the no, time, it's, and it's... it's just so frustrating. I see these people on Facebook, and it, it, I unfriend them. I, I I unfriend them when I see these idiotic, you know, things that they say about <laughs> voting and about uh, Republicans and Democrats. There's the same thing. They both work for the same corporation. No, they don't. All right, it's pretty obvious, and that's just a stupid argument. People just seem to be getting stupider as far as i can see but whatever the important thing is and i'm not even telling you how to vote all right vote however you want but just do it go out there and do it all right well uh impassioned words from mr danko and uh we do encourage you all to vote we also encourage you to share your feelings if you disagree uh <laughs> you're just wrong okay so let's move on we got time for we have a great interview coming up with matt from the bc bud depot but let's move on to one last story and uh, pot famously has never killed anybody uh, by smoking it, consuming it, but falling from the sky, I think it could. Uh, a story, this is already a little old, but um, we just had to share it with everybody. At the uh, Mexican border, um, a bundle of, of weed, 26 pounds of weed, fell from the sky and crushed into somebody's garage and, <laughs> and landed on their doghouse. Whoa. Yeah. Now, fortunately, the dog wasn't in there and nobody was killed, but... It was basically a smuggling plane coming from Mexico into the U.S., mm-hmm. and it sort of dropped its load a little early. Ouch. And boom. Wow. Yeah. Weed from heaven. Wow. That's crazy. I've also heard of them using catapults. Oh, um, yeah. The old catapult. The old into catapult. The, yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Um, and the tunnels, of course. Tunnels are a little safer, I think. So, yeah. You know. um, ultimately, we don't want weed from Mexico, do we? No, no, no. <laughs> this is... Yeah. Right. It's probably you know, not the best quality. Yeah. And, you know, and as we legalize here, I think we're going to see less and less of that. And that's a good thing because uh, it'll also, you know, cut into some of the profits that are being made down there and hopefully uh, maybe discourage, you know, some of the violence that's going on in Central and South America because it's outrageous. And it's our fault for our insatiable desire for their drugs has led to, you know, them becoming so corrupt that. They're almost unlivable places, you know, some of these places. So, uh, yeah. I, I mean, love the, the police chief's quote here. He says that it's the first time in his three-year tenure that he's ever seen a load of drugs hit a building. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I would hope so. Like, how often does this happen? Apparently, it made a perfect hole in their garage and uh, caused $500 worth of damage. But fortunately, no one was hurt. Oh. And I don't know who gets to keep the 26 pounds of weed. I guess the police. Probably the cops. Probably the cops. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's more where that came from, and uh, you know, just try not to drop it all over us when you're bringing it in, please. All right. So, um, what do you say we take a little break? But when we come back, uh, we're going to talk with Matt from BC Bud Depot. Yes. All right. You want to grow pot? 
obviously, or you wouldn't be listening to me. So what are you waiting for? Get yourself a BC Northern Lights grow box and start growing today. They've got the bloom box, the producer, the roommate, the mothership, all types of uh, package deals where you can get uh, three or four different ones together. Pretty amazing stuff. And they've got all the equipment that you need. Everything is top-of-the-line stuff. Very exciting. The bloom box is amazing because it's a two-chamber design that you can flower, uh, have your mother plants, do your cloning, everything completely sustainable, completely self-contained with the two chambers, CO2 injection, award-winning design, um, amazing customer service. I mean, these guys are our friends. They're going to get back to you. And yeah, learn to grow, grow with BC Northern Lights, grow your own, and you'll be working with a company that's been around since 2001. So check them out, bcnorthernlights.com. Give them a call at 888-236-1266. Thanks to BCNL for always supporting free weed. All right. So we are back and we are speaking with Matt from BC Bud Depot. Uh, Just to let you guys know, if you don't know, um, BC Bud Depot has been around over a decade um, creating seeds in the British Columbia area, uh, uh, Vancouver Island, um, and have won numerous cannabis cups and have uh, won a bunch of different prizes at a bunch of different uh, award shows, as well as being part of the High Time Seed Bank Hall of Fame um tons of amazing strains but we'll get into all that with matt so um welcome matt from bc bud depot hey danny thanks for having me all right i think this is your first time on the show uh you may have been on a panel show but i'm not 100 percent sure um but either way it's been a while anyway yeah so welcome and uh yeah um tell me a little bit about uh getting started with bc bud depot how how did uh how did all this get get started yeah, it's been a long time now um, we were just, uh, you know, a team that um, traded genetics in British Columbia. Um, you know, we'd supply, we'd supply growers and breed new strains. And, um, yeah, then, uh, you know, I think you guys called us up back in 2004 and asked us if we'd want to come to Amsterdam. Uh, we brought the godbud out there and won a cup, and the <laughs> rest was history. Yeah, it was interesting uh, those couple of years because uh, several Canadian companies came over and and won awards over there with very unique genetics. And I think, uh, I mean, obviously that must have something to do with the unique uh, environmental conditions that you guys have out there. Um, I mean, obviously there's a, there's a wide variety of environmental conditions, but you guys have, you know, pretty short uh, growing season, uh, pretty harsh climate. And also, um, you know, a lot of issues with powdery mildew as well. So um, what is it that you do to sort of create seeds or or strains that can withstand those kind of conditions? Well, a lot of of the, you know, we're blessed up here with with great genetics Um, on the West Coast coming up from from California and strains that we've created on Vancouver Island. Um, You know, a lot of of Afghanis that... um, are bred in are bred into uh, our indicas that uh, will make them, you know, mold resistant, uh, pest resistant, and yeah, we've uh, we've gone from there. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And uh, like I said, the unique set of conditions that you guys have, 
uh, also is reflected, you know, obviously throughout Canada, the northern United States, and also like northern parts of Europe and places where people have uh, similar conditions, you know, like uh, a lot of mountains and uh, sort of a shorter flowering season. So you get those indicas in there. Now, uh, is it true that some of those strains made their way up to Canada uh, with people who were basically like... uh, like American, like hippies that were basically trying to avoid the Vietnam War and things like that? Is, is that the original origin of, of those? A lot of them are, yeah. Um, like, for instance, the, uh, the Texada Time Warp is, uh, is, you know, very popular out here as an outdoor variety, and that, was, uh, that came up from uh, draft dodgers, exactly, dodging the Vietnam War, uh, you know, setting, uh, setting down house on Vancouver Island and... Uh, taking it from there um that's originally a, a mexican sativa that uh was you know bred into some local flavors around here and the time warp's been an outdoor staple here for years now decades nice yeah well that's awesome um one of the more recent strains that you have uh, i actually just chose for the top 10 strains of 2015 and it's very interesting to me um because it's actually for something that i i suffer from which is insomnia um, yeah, tell me a little bit about the Night Nurse, this strain that uh, it, it, it took third place in the uh, Amsterdam Cannabis Cup in the hybrid category in 2014, right? Yeah, that was something. That was. Uh, I mean, we we're really happy with uh, with the Night Nurse, and so are a lot of our patients up here. Um, we crossed the hash plant with the Harmony um, originally uh, to make our selection, which we crossed into a fire OG Kush and gave it some bite. Um, and that's, uh, it really uh, fights symptoms of stress, insomnia, and um, it's great for pain relief. Yeah. It's a big yielder. The hash plant made it a massive yielder. Uh, it's a very interesting uh, strain. And uh, is, it, is it Night Nurse? Is, it, is that named after the Gregory Isaacs uh, reggae song? You betcha, yeah. Sure is. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Um, yeah. It would be a good one for Jamaica this year. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and it's, very, it's very soothing. Um, for aches and pains, but but the amazing thing about it is is the ability to sleep through the night, and uh, you know it's got a pretty short flowering time and a really big yield, which I find um, obviously a lot of the strains that come from uh, British Columbia or Vancouver Island in particular, you know they're they're big yielders and they're they're they flower pretty quickly, and uh, they're just covered with trichomes. I mean, you guys really. Uh, you've managed to develop these amazing uh, strains that uh, not only can they withstand, you know, pretty harsh conditions, but um, they perform pretty amazingly even with those harsh conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just actually, um, you know, well, two weeks ago now, we got the last of our night nurse down, um, and there wasn't any, you know, we didn't suffer any bud rot or just nothing at all. It was, uh, it was um, just, yeah, massive yields outside as well. That's great. It was the first year that we've done it outside, so we're wow. happy with the results. Cool. And you recommend growing it in organic soil? Absolutely. Yeah, we like to. Uh, yeah, we we mix our soil with, uh, um, you know, composted chicken manure, steamed bone meal, Jersey green sand, dolomite lime, um, and pro mix, and then uh, just feed light organics. Right. Oh, that's excellent. Uh, yeah. Um, also. You, a few years ago, you traveled over to Israel with my colleague uh, Nico Escondido. Um, tell me a little bit about that trip and what you were able to accomplish over there, and, and what's going on over there. 
Yeah, Israel is really at the forefront of um, the medical cannabis research. Um, we were, uh, and yeah, that trip with Nico was a really good time. Uh, we, were, we were visiting uh, medical cannabis farms over there, uh, Can, Canadoc and um, Pharmacan, and these were greenhouses with, you know, like a football field worth of, uh, of plants, basically, and um, just beautiful plants. Uh, we managed to acquire a strain called the Big, which is a G13 cross butterscotch Hawaiian from over there that uh, was stabilized. And um, yeah, it was a really, really great trip. Uh, we met Dr. Raphael Michelon, who isolated the THC molecule back in 1964 and went to Jerusalem, you know, Bethlehem. It was, it was incredible. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, very interesting stuff they have going on over there. Um, but let's get back to BC Bud Depot. Um, not only do you guys have uh, your own seeds for sale. A lot of these uh, Cannabis Cup winners and top 10 strains of the year, um, CBD God in particular is one that, that uh, you know, people who are patients are, are really excited about um, because of of its, just its ratio of CBD to THC. A lot of these, um, you know, a lot of these CBD strains have, have very low THC. So it's nice to, ha- to see a strain with a, a high level of THC, but also a lot of CBD as well. Um, but you guys have your seeds, but you also uh, sell a few other companies. You have TH Seeds, uh, Soma Seeds, DNA Genetics, um, Scorpion Crew. So so all these other uh, seed banks are available from you guys as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we like to keep our, uh, our you know, friends, uh, our, all the, you know, our, the breeders that we really uh, respect with, uh, and have a great deal of admiration for, uh, you know, we like to make their seeds available too. Right on, right on. And you also, of course, you have uh, uh, feminized strains and autoflowering strains as well. Um, yeah, we've got a few autoflowers. I'm not really too big on the autos uh, myself, um, but, you know, a lot of people do like them. We've actually got an auto CBD line coming out that's, wow. uh, um, that ju- we just got tested at uh, 0.03%, 0.03%. So basically it could classifies legal hemp in Canada but it's got a 10% CBD ah. so it's uh, that that might be beneficial to uh, you know people who uh, patients who just uh, are not looking for any sort of a psychoactive effect whatsoever um, our CBD God we've isolated uh, the highest CBD phenol now is uh, it's at just 3% THC and 16.72% CBD wow wow very interesting for people uh, who are looking for CBD strains. Um, they should know that you know there's not just one or two out there in the world for them, um, and it's exciting to know that you can purchase seeds and be growing a high CBD strain um, in a very short period of time. You don't have to get on a waiting list. Um, you don't have to you know work with one particular company. Um, so that's that's really cool. And, um, of course, you've got your indoor strains, your outdoor strains, um, things that are perfect for greenhouses. Um, what, what's your preferred way to grow out in uh, Vancouver Island? Is it outdoor? Um, well, we do. Uh, I mean, indoors, though, you know, I, I prefer, of course, growing indoors all the time. But um, and we've been doing a lot of light deprivation greenhouses uh, mm-hmm. lately in the summertime. And um, they're, that's, uh, you know, preferred now nowadays um we've been having great success with that and we were able to you know get uh get two two down per season um 
which is uh, which is great. You know, we're harvesting, you know, uh, miles before everyone else in July. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that allows you to not only to beat beat the uh, the cops and the rippers, but uh, also the, the the humidity that comes with fall, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We just actually, and then all our straight outdoor plants, we just finished up harvesting them this week. Cool. Well, that's great. Um, well, I'm going to let you get back to harvesting because I know you're very busy, but let people know uh, how they can find BC Bud Depot. Um, I know you have bcbuddepot.com, um, but you do the yeah. Instagram and the Twitter and the Facebook and all that, right? Yeah, we sure do. And we're available uh, seven days a week at one triple eight four zero bc bud one triple eight four zero bc bud um, and that's, that's right. and people can call that toll free to find out information on the seeds, information on all the different strains and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we've just opened up a dispensary in Vancouver, British Columbia, Evolution Medical Solutions. So, uh, if you're in the area and looking for uh, BCBD flour, then uh, come on by. Excellent. Oh, that's awesome. Um, cool. And if people want to check out uh, your Twitter and your Facebook, they can just go to bcbuddepot.com, and there's links there in the contact us section yeah you betcha Danny cool right on well listen thank you so much for coming on the show Um, congratulations on the uh, top 10 strains and all the amazing wins and over a decade of uh, dominating the field and keep up the great work thanks Danny I appreciate it and I guess we'll see you in Jamaica coming up here soon yeah man see you soon Right, you got your grow box, you got your soil kit, you got your hydroponic equipment. Now you need some seeds. No, look no further than Gorilla Seed Bank. That's G O R I L L A dash cannabis dash seeds dot co dot uk. Yes, they are in the UK where seed sales are legal. Yes, they ship everywhere. Yes, they guarantee it. Yes, they have high CBD strains. Yes, they have auto flowering, feminized, tons of different seed banks. Anyone you've ever thought of, they sell them affordably and uh, with all kinds of freebies. In fact, if you mention free weed for them uh, and use the promo code SWITCHER, S-W-I-T-C-H-E-R, you will get free Incredible Bulk Auto Seeds, free Samsara Flash Babylon Seeds, free Blueberry Twist Seeds, and free collection papers. So check them out, Gorilla Seed Bank. We love the fact that they support us. We love the fact that they have great genetics. They're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, everywhere um but check them out at gorilla-cannabis-seeds.co.uk and get growing today so again our thanks to matt from bc bud depot that was cool of him to call in yeah all the way from uh from british columbia mm-hmm. yeah that's Canada. telling us what it's all about <laughs> like that accent. Um, okay, so why don't we do something that we haven't done in a little while, and that is we're going to – we have our little uh, our grow room time machine here where when Dan diagnoses a problem, we hop in the grow room time machine, go back in time, and fix that problem. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a symptom of what's going on in my garden – and you're going to hop in that time machine and tell us how to fix it if we could go back in time. Right. All right. So first one. Uh, I have burnt tips on the leaves of my plant. 
Burnt, okay. burnt tips. Burnt what tips. what does this indicate to you? Okay, burnt tips uh, usually is uh, over fertilization. Um, yeah, that's what it is. I mean, um, anytime the tips are burnt and the burning starts moving its way from the tips up the leaves, that's pretty much all, almost always an over fertilization issue, which means um, too much nitrogen, too much phosphorus, too much potassium, some too much of something. Um, so basically, if we're going to hop in the time machine and go back in time, we're going to feed less. Uh, we're going to go at half strength of whatever is recommended on the bottles, uh, unless we see signs of uh, deficiency. You know, something like leaves starting to turn a little yellow uh, instead of like a nice green. So if they start to go a little yellow, you know, you're you're underfeeding. But underfeeding, like I always say, is much much better than overfeeding. Uh, much easier to correct and. Uh, much quicker to recover. So better to underfeed than to overfeed. So we're going to go back in time. <laughs> going back in time? Yes. We're not going to feed, you know, what it says on the bottle or especially not more than that or add, you know, stuff from three different, you know, types of nutrients all at the same time. Things like that are what typically lead to overfeeding. So we're going to feed less. Uh, we're going to sometimes just water with plain water if we're in uh, soil, um, you know, soil or soilless uh, dirt kind of containers. Um, just sometimes just use plain water. A plant needs a break sometimes from newts. Um, if it's hydro, you know, go down from, you know, 1,500 parts per million to 1,000 or 1,200 and just see if that corrects the problem. Uh, typically, that's going to be the issue if it's not a pH problem or something else. So, uh yeah, underfeed rather than overfeed. Go back in time and feed less. All right, sounds good. So now we are back to the future, which is the present. Okay. And uh, next thing, I'm looking at my plants, and I notice that the leaves are droopy. I have drooping leaves. Okay, that sounds like, to me, sounds like overwatering. So, same thing. Uh, it's better to underwater than to overwater. So we're going to go back in time. We're going to go Funny. back in time. Yes, yeah, so we're going to go back and we're going to water only when the container, you know, the top inch, inch or two is dry. Um, easiest thing, typically, if you're in soil or any kind of container, is just to lift the container up. And if it's light, uh, you can water. If it feels like it's still kind of waterlogged and heavy, uh, lay off the watering. And, you know, just don't over or don't overdo it because, like I said, it's harder to fix when you overdo than when you underdo. And if you underwater, um, same thing. You might see the plant start drooping a little, but this, you know, within half an hour of adding your nutrient solution, uh, the plant will not be drooping anymore. So, yeah, that's the problem there: overwatering. And so, if you're going to go back in time, then just water less. Water less. All right. And um, here we are in the present, and I notice that there are white spots all over the leaves of my weed, man. My oh, pot man. plants have white spots. What is this? Tiny white spots. Tiny white all, spots. Yeah, that's going to mostly be spider mites. Oh. Yeah, and you're going to have to deal with them immediately. Um, the fact that you're seeing the white spots everywhere means you have a serious infestation. There might even be uh, some webbing involved in that because typically um, once they've established themselves and start reproducing, they're going to have webs, they're going to have homes um, built underneath your leaves, little spider mite condominiums, so to speak, and ways to get back and forth to different places and suck all the water and juice right out of your leaves, eventually kill your plants. So you definitely want to go back in time and deal with the infestation. 
deal with the infestation before it even becomes an infestation. And part of that is constantly maintaining vigilance. Um, integrated pest management means first you look under the leaves, you look at the surface of your soil, you look um, especially, like I said, underneath the leaves, but also at the place where the leaves uh, meet the stems. A lot of times thrips and stuff will hide there. Um, but as for spider mites, yeah, I mean, you've got a problem. You're going to have to deal with, uh, uh, you know, neem oil helps, uh, ladybugs will help, predator mites will help. All of those things help, but it's very difficult to get rid of spider mites. Ultim- but if we're back in, in time, right, what, are, what can we do to make sure that we don't get them? Well, uh, you know, they, they like it uh, hot and humid. So if you cool it down a little and uh, take some of the moisture out of the air, um, that certainly keeps them from reproducing as quickly, uh, which is important. Um, You definitely want to spray the undersides and the tops of your leaves with uh, a neem oil spray or some type of organic insecticide spray uh, that you eventually also uh, rinse off as well. Um, uh, Predator mites are great. Uh, You can release those and watch them go to work to eat the mites um they're not going to destroy every single mite on your plants but they are definitely going to control the population um ladybugs will to a certain extent although they are going to fly away and migrate and you're going to step on them and it's going to smell <laughs> <laughs> and and the integrated and integrated pest management means you're using a variety of different uh attacks because you know spider mites are will quickly adapt to if you're just using neem oil or if you're just using one particular thing on them um, they're eventually going to adapt and, and find a way around it or a way to hide from it. So, um, you know, integrate various pest control methods. I, I always, you know, try to maintain organic um, controls. It's, you know, a lot of places are getting in trouble right now in Colorado for using Eagle 20 and other pesticides that were not approved uh, for use with cannabis. And so uh, it's important, you know, this is the product that you're, you know, f- particularly if it's for medicine or, or you know, for people with uh, um, compromised immune systems or, or already have medical issues, you don't want to compound that by adding pesticide to their medicine or... Uh, or if any- you're concentrating it and you're making extracts, right. that, that just gets concentrated into your dabs. Absolutely. And that's that's a big issue with uh, some of these, you know, companies with the Eagle 20. So, um, yeah, that's what I would do. Go back in time and Catch, catch the infestation before it's huge, and you have way better of a chance of dealing with it. Once you have webbing and, and uh, a huge mite population, it's very difficult to get rid of. All right, very good. So here we are in the present, and I'm looking through. I'm opening my, my, uh, my glass jars, and I'm inspecting my dried nugs, and I see there's this white fuzzy stuff in the actual pot, in the, in the buds. What, what, what is this? It's mold. Oh no! You uh, you jarred your buds when they were still wet. You never I didn't dry them out. You didn't dry them out. I mean, that's the thing. It's a little bit deceptive when you when you first put them in the jars. They could be they could seem like they're bone dry. Um, the issue is once the moisture within the jar and within the bud sort of finds an equilibrium, you can open the jar uh, an hour later and the bud feels wet again. And that's the moisture from the inside, the middle of the bud, working its way out of the bud based on Um, you know, the dry air inside the jar because it's all going to even itself out over time. And that's the curing process is a slow, uh, slowly pulling that water out of your buds uh, without getting them too dry. But it's, you know, if you err on the side of wetness, you are going to have the possibility of mold. So 
if we're going to go back in time. We are going to jar, you know, after harvest, after drying, we're going to put those buds into the jars and, again, be vigilant and uh, open the jars on occasion, at least once or twice a day, in order to replenish the air inside. Because, like I said, the moisture works its way out of the bud. It works its way into the air. When you open the jar, you release the moisture to the air. New air goes inside the jar, and the process repeats itself. And you want to keep doing that. You don't want water... You don't want stagnant water inside the air inside the jar. So open the jar. We call it burping the jar. <laughs> I think Jackie uh, Martling made a couple of jokes about that last time we were on with him. <laughs> but so. yeah, you, you, he needs a jar burper, right? Well, everyone needs someone to burp the jars. And if it's not you, you know, make sure whoever is your burper does the burping uh, at least once a day, uh, if not more. I mean, that's the thing is mold can build up very quickly if you put the buds in there too wet. Uh, you're going to have to open up the jar and maybe even leave it open for an hour or two. Um, anything you need to do to sort of get back to that crisp dryness and then shut the jar again and repeat the process over and over until you have perfectly cured nugs. Because we should be just absolutely clear on this point. Under no circumstances should you smoke pot that you find mold on. Absolutely not. That could be it's very dangerous. Dangerous. It's bad for you. There's all kinds of unhealthy consequences that can arise from smoking moldy pot. Um, now, that's not to say that all, none of us have smoked mo- moldy pot. We probably all... It's, it's happened. We've probably all smoked moldy pot. Probably smoked a lot worse another. than that. Um, but if you can actually see the white fuzz of the mold, you have a very serious issue, and you certainly should not be smoking that. So keep that in mind. Um, don't mess up your harvest at the end by letting it go moldy. All right, here we are back in the present in our final grow room time machine scenario. Oh, this is a bad one, man. Uh-oh. You hear that knocking? The police are at the door. Oh, no. What happened? Where'd I go wrong? Oops. Uh, Well, there's a number of things that you could have done. It's hard to really know without uh, really speaking to the police or finding out what the individual situation (laughs) is. But um, you could have allowed odors to escape, which uh, is a bad thing. So if you're going to go back in time... We're going to put proper uh, air filtration, um, charcoal filter with a nice strong fan blowing into it that will clean the air that's all of the spent hot air that's being pumped out of your grow room is filled with odor it smells like a grow room so but once it goes through that charcoal it's going to be much 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 cleaner and uh very little odor is going to escape so you know and it's important to have negative pressure so that the odors aren't seeping through the cracks of your your grow room or any of that so a nice strong fan blowing through carbon will go a long way to controlling the odor uh, of your grow room if the odor was the issue. Now, another issue could have been uh, telling too many people about your grow room. I mean, that's, you know, rule number one is don't tell people because not only are you going to invite maybe the police, but you can also invite people that might want to try to rob you. And, um, you know, depending on what your situation is, you might have no recourse to deal with that. So, uh, you know, don't tell a lot of people. Uh, don't tell anyone that doesn't need to know, which would basically be, you know, the, someone who's living in the house with you uh, or a patient that you might be growing for or that sort of thing. Don't tell. Don't brag. Don't go to the local, you know, watering hole and, and whip out your freshly grown uh, cannabis and, and, and <laughs> proclaim it to be the best in the world that you grew. You know, don't right bra- over there. <laughs> don't be braggadocious. <laughs> don't. You know, just tell them I got it from a friend and, and, you know, it seems to be pretty fresh and good. Uh, Don't 
you know, don't don't no, no piss, amount don't of piss off former partners and g- girlfriends or boyfriends or anything like that. Yeah, uh, I've heard of a lot of girl rooms going down. Um, just based on spite, spite, yeah, <laughs> yeah vindictive uh, ex-lovers mm-hmm. who know they can, you know, they can drop hurt a dime you on you way, and hurt yeah. you, and mm-hmm. and you know, so keep the peace. Try to make maintain uh, harmony in that case. If you have partners or, or you know, physical or you know, financial or, or otherwise, so um, those are the two big ones. You know, yeah. bragging and odor. Um, other than that, you know, just you know, just. Keep it cool, you know. Don't have, don't throw parties at your house either. I mean, that's a big one. People want to like show off, and yeah, just, just be cool. Don't, uh, don't do those sort of things, and, and you'll be much less likely to be paid a visit by the police. All right. So Danko says, be cool. Don't be a smelly braggart. Uh, <laughs> and that does it for this edition of Grow Room Time Machine. I had to get one more of those in. Uh, <laughs> We hope that that helped uh, some of you. You can't go back in time, but you can prevent these mistakes from being made next time. Exactly. All right. So what do you say we go into the best part of the show where you answer questions from our listeners here on Free Weed? Awesome. Let's do it. The Q&A. The Q&A. You got Qs. We got As <laughs> on the Q&A. If you have a question that you would like uh, Mr. Danko to answer on this show, uh, you could reach us through email freeweed at hightimes.com. We also occasionally check the Twitter. He is at Danny Danko. I am at Mike Hughes underscore, and you could reach us that way. So let's jump right in with Jenny. Dear, hey, Danny and Mike, uh, hope you're both doing fantastic. Nice. Thank yeah, you, Jenny. We are, more or less. Uh, I was wondering if perhaps you could do an entire free weed episode dedicated to CBDs, uh, new strains, old strains, maybe get a seed breeder to call in and... Uh, you know, discuss what they're coming out with, a new CBD-rich strain, some grow tips, advice, best growing conditions. I think that would be an excellent episode. That is a good suggestion. And uh, we talked a little bit with Matt about CBDs, but you're right. We should do a whole show on that. I think that would be popular. Uh, we could get into some of the uh, the myths and some of the science about uh, cannabidiol and uh, its effectiveness in treating things like epilepsy and, and nerve pain and and uh, a lot of the things that it can treat. So that's a great idea. We're definitely going to consider that uh, for the future, especially if we can get uh, a guest that a guest that is really an expert on the subject, which we will be on the lookout for. So thank you, Jenny. And uh, yeah, we should write that down as a future idea for the show. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah, so thank you, Jenny. That is a very good idea. We'll look into that. Uh, let's move on to Casey. And Casey writes... <laughs> sort of uh, very, very definitive here. High Times needs to feature an article on autoflowering plants sometime very soon. <laughs> it's been about two to three years since I last purchased seeds, and it's crazy how many different breeders produce autoflowering plants nowadays. Uh, in this jungle of madness, it's hard to distinguish which seeds are even worth buying. So please feature an article on the best autoflowering seeds or breeders or something of that nature soon. Your beloved reader... Casey, what do you, what do you think, Dan? I think it's a good idea. I mean, even you, though Casey. you hate autoflowers, I don't hate <laughs> autoflowers. I'm not uh, super fond of them, but I, I don't hate them. They definitely have their place, and they deserve you know a, a place at the table when it comes to growing cannabis. I think they serve a purpose, is what I should say. And uh, if that purpose is what you're looking for, then certainly you know don't shy away. But uh, 
yeah i mean i also don't think everybody should be growing autoflowers either i think if you have the the ability not to grow them and you can grow from regular seeds or you know if you want if you have to then feminize seeds then then do that but uh certainly don't limit yourself to just growing autoflowers unless you're in a region uh where that's your only option but and yeah, we should do a show on just those because Casey's point's a good one. There are quite a few uh, autoflower, you know, right. seeds that have come out. A lot right. of different breeders are doing it. Yes, and I have a friend uh, who's a breeder for Dynafem who would be perfect for that. Uh, English, not not his first language, but uh, he's a, actually a great English speaker. So I will reach out to him and see if maybe he would be interested in coming on and talking about, uh, you know, the genetics and the science and and the reasons for autoflowering plants. And it was interesting earlier, um, Matt, Matt from BC Badipo mentioned an autoflowering CBD plant. So that's probably, you know, kind of like the future um, for that whole, you know, genre of, of growing. You know, you get short, stocky um, plants that finish in, you know, 90 days from when you plant the seed and, and yet are rich in CBD, which would be very interesting. So we're excited to hear about that. Indeed. So thank you, Casey, for that suggestion. And uh, let's move on to Puff Tentacle, our old friend Puff yeah. Tentacle. You sent him some stickers, so he says, uh, Mike and Danny, thank you so much for the stickers. One ended up on my BC Northern Lights grow box, and the other two, well, I thought I would give you guys some free advertising. (laughs) The first, I stuck on a park sign in a place where folks skate and puff. The second, I placed on the City Hall building. Keep it real, and have a great weekend. Now, he sent us some photos, and one, you could barely see the free weed sticker because it's just underneath a gigantic sign that says City Hall Municipality of Anchorage. Whoa. He must have had a ladder or something to get it up there. I guess so. Uh, you know, I do appreciate the support. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, i certainly not encouraging, uh, <laughs> you know, placing those stickers in, uh, you know, places where it well, might be considered the great vandalism. Thing, our stickers come off very easily. They do. They come off easily. And so that's why it's better to put them somewhere where, you know, they might stay for a while. Like the skate spot that you mentioned was... It's probably going to be, you know, the sticker will probably last a little longer there than it will. Than on the City Hall building? <laughs> at the City Hall building. That's but, pretty badass. I like that. But I that. appreciate it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for, you know, thinking of us. And thanks for the variety of different ways that you expressed your support for uh, for the Free Weed Podcast. And, again, I'm not encouraging people to go out and, and vandalize shit. But uh, actually, I, I did I, it all my life. So yeah, I can't really can't be really... too hypocritical about it. So Exactly. <laughs> And actually, we have, a, we have a challenge for you, Puff Tentacle. We want to see if you could get a free weed sticker on the back of the mayor of Anchorage's head. Whoa. So see if you could do that. I don't know about Well, that. City Hall's one thing, but if you oh, can get it on the mayor. Yeah. Well. Okay, have it on the mayor's back. See how long it takes I in a notice. Do, I no? plead the fifth. Okay. Thanks, Puff Tentacle. We appreciate Thank that. You. Let's move on to Peter. Peter writes, hello, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I was wondering if you could talk at length about sp- uh, strain basics. I get that there are now thousands of strains available to us consumers, but how is lineage determined? Is it all passed on anecdotally, or is there a way to test genetics? If so, that would imply that there is a vast database of cultivators uh, and labs uh, that labs can access. Or is it more like, we think this plant is Durban poison, let's cross it with a plant that we think is Afghani Kush? This is a very interesting and topical question right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um Lineage is is all determined by DNA. Uh, the only issue is, you know, when you cross one plant with another, you mix the DNA of the two plants. So if you go uh, further down the road and cross the mixed, you know, hybrid with another hybrid, you're you're basically getting a bunch of different 
genes in there that it makes it much more difficult to test for. Um, if you have, you know, a land race strain that's, uh, you know, produced from seed over and over and over for many, many years, um, it's pretty easy to, you know, genetically isolate, uh, you know, what it is in, in the genome of the plant um, that makes it a certain way and then test for that. Um, I know for a fact that, you know, people are at, at this point are able to test just a small leaf sample and be able to know, uh, you know, genetically how a plant is going to perform, whether it's a female or a male, um, and kind of get even get an idea of um, what the terpene profile and THC levels are going to be from the, f- the finished plant. Um, as far as speaking at length about it, I mean, strains, there's so much to understanding strains that, you know, I can't really get into too much of it right now. We'll try to do a whole show at some point. Uh, we're getting great ideas for shows. It's yeah. really interesting. And I, I mean, that's the best is when the readers are telling us what they want to hear. Um, so yeah, as far as strains, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's various different things like there's, you know, crossing two things that are very different from each other in order to get hybrid vigor and to get that F1 hybrid kind of thing. Then there's things like selfing, uh, plants where you're trying to take something that's like a clone only and produce it into seed form, which is a different kind of breeding. And then there's the breeding that you do. Um, back crossing and things like that in order to stabilize strains. So there's there's various ways that this can be accomplished and various genetic uh, codes that you're exchanging when you're doing that sort of thing. Uh, but none of it is anecdotal. I mean, uh, genes are passed on through uh, you know hereditary traits that the plant has. So um, you're not going to be able to mix something into a plant that's not already within the DNA of you know the realm of possibilities of the DNA matches. So, yeah, I mean, it's very interesting stuff, and, and so much of strain um, history is kind of like this hippie folklore, and, you know, so many people have changed the name of strains. Um, strains take on the name of the grower, and they change names, and the names evolve. And there, there, there's a lot to it that can be much more scientific once we can really, uh, you know, map the genome and get our our heads around exactly what makes different strains uh, different, which is basically, you know, the different variations in, in terpenes, and, and that's what affects the flavors and, and even the high. So, yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope that somewhat answers you, but well, I, I think in the future we'll have to do something more on, on strains yeah. and how they're created. And Well, there, there's something called the Cannabis Evolution Project, and right now what they're doing, like you said, is, is they're looking through the DNA of these things, and they're trying to catalog different strains, which... Some people think uh, these efforts, along with some other people's efforts, will prevent a big tobacco-style marijuana grower from ever patenting strains. Because if they could prove that these things exist and have a catalog for them, they're working towards that now. They're looking through um, the DNA of old uh, pot that was used uh, in pharmacies as medicine in the early part of the 20th century. Uh-huh. And we'll have to have our science editor, Sirius J, in to discuss this further because he is actually writing about this right now. So Excellent. Really quick, since we're running out of time a little bit, Peter has a follow-up here. I've never heard anyone posit this before, so I want to get your take very quickly. In your opinion, is the push for legalization culturally related to the foodie movement? I think uh, the same thing is happening to cannabis that's happening to everything we consume. People demand variety and quality, and he doesn't think it's a coincidence that pot 
is legal in the same states where the craft beer movement has flourished. So hmm. what do you think? Is this related to this uh, That's desire? Interesting. That's the first time I've heard that uh, posited that way. So you're right. It has not been posited in my direction uh, in that manner. But it's interesting because it's true when you go to Denver – um, they're very much foodies. I mean, the restaurant culture out there is all about, you know, foie gras and, and twice cured bacon and all of these very interesting um, artisanal ways of, of producing. And, and like with the beer, like he said, the uh, microbreweries in Boulder. And so, yeah, it is an interesting uh, hypothesis there. Um, you know, the Pacific Northwest also at the forefront of all that and also being a very foodie culture. I've always thought. You know, it was more related to sort of like, uh, you know, rights, like civil rights, like, uh, you know, LGBT, gay and lesbian community, like rights and, uh, um, you know, uh, racial injustice and things like that. I've always, you know, I've always sort of connected our movement in a way to those movements and never really thought of the foodie connection. I think there's two things that are happening. I think that there are people who are demanding higher quality, uh, you know, pot uh-huh. that and they have the the ability to do that because it's legal. And other right. people are fighting to stay out of prison. And that, I think, is related to the civil rights stuff that you're talking about. Right. So I guess it would be different for different states is what you're saying. And and so, uh, you know, if you just go to your dealer and you have the choice of, you know, whatever he has and that's it (laughs) exactly you're basically at the mercy of that person but if you go to a dispensary and they have 30 different types of indica and 25 sativas you're you have the 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 ability and the liberty to choose the one that you want for the particular and the people growing it can can do crazier more um, exploratory things with what they're growing because they have that ability the freedom speaking as someone who who grew in you know the 90s it's it's you know you want you want to high yields and short flowering times. That was the important thing. You, the idea of, of growing a, a sativa that's going to flower for 15 weeks and, and be, yield, you know, just these little spears, you know, of, of bud was not appealing at right. all to any grower at that time, unless you were just growing for your own head stash or you were in a place where you had the liberty to do that. I mean, if, if your space is limited and uh, you're growing to survive, you know, then you're you're looking for those bigger yields. You're looking for uh, the shorter flowering times. But now you have, you know, if you're in a place like Denver or, or you know, Washington or Oregon or, or Alaska or any one of these places where you can grow legally or quasi-legally, you have the, uh, you know, the ability to actually, you know, expand your space, take a little extra time. Uh, yield certainly isn't as important anymore as... Uh, quality of the product so you can grow those longer flowering sativas you can experiment a bit with uh, how you feed them and, and what you give and all that so yeah i mean it's interesting and and certainly you know people are demanding organic marijuana veganic marijuana um and that's certainly closely related to the foodie thing too i mean that's you know, people are more aware of what they're putting in their bodies um you know they don't want you know monoculture tomatoes that don't taste like anything or oranges that are just filled with water those big massive strawberries that have no flavor they want uh they'll they're willing to settle for a smaller strawberry that's packed with juicy you know sugary sweetness rather than the big huge strawberry that's just tasteless but you know but big and i think that's kind of uh a a simple way that you can sort of relate 
the foodie kind of movement to the cannabis movement. Well, uh, thank you, Peter, for, you know, that, that definitely made us think. You had a couple yeah. of good questions there, so definitely write us again. Uh, we have time for just one more, so let's just jump right into uh, Mike. He writes, I live in South Florida. I prefer to grow outside. Uh, I can't grow a lot of plants at any one time. I start my feminized seeds in May with a harvest in the fall following the natural sun cycle. I listened to your podcast while trimming uh, last summer's sativas. Now this fall, I started some autoflowering plants. I expect they will be ready for harvest around the year's end. In January and February, I plan to plant the rest of the auto seeds um, and I have, uh, that I have, and I expect to harvest around April. Now, I'm trying to produce the most from each plant with the natural sunlight periods available. Should I expect more yield on auto planted in January and February because there's more sunlight during the flowering time versus the autos that will be ready for harvest in December because there will be more sunlight available in the spring. Good Lord. Did that make sense to you? It does make sense to All me. Right. And, I, I think and, I lost it, so go ahead. And while I haven't done this experiment myself personally, I believe that you're going to get a bigger yield from the plants that you planted, the autoflowers that you planted in January or February, um, because, like you said, they're going to get uh, more intense sunshine. Now, it's not about so much the photo period it's not about 18 hours or 12 hours but just the intensity because the sun is actually physically closer um to the earth and the sun uh the angle of the sun as as the sunlight hits the earth is more direct so there's less atmosphere for the sun to travel through that's why we get such nice uh sunrises and sunsets in the fall is that you know that it's the, about the angle of the sunlight as it come as it hits our planet and goes through our atmosphere. So I do believe you're going to get uh, a bigger yield from the plants that you plant in the winter and harvest in the spring than the ones that you plant in the fall and harvest in the winter. Very good. And just real quick, lightning round. He has one last question. Um, have you heard of medical marijuana for dogs? He seems to think that <laughs> getting his dogs stoned is helping them. They're older, and uh, it gives them more mobility, et cetera. What, what's your thought on, uh, on that? Yeah. I mean, I have heard of it. They certainly have some companies in, uh, you know, the Colorado and in the Pacific Northwest, uh, um, CBD chews and things like that for dogs. Uh, you know, I, I don't recommend people getting their pets high personally, usually, um, because typically it's just like, you know, some guy just blowing smoke into his dog's face or whatever. And they don't uh, have a choice. Yeah, and the dog doesn't really have a choice. And, you know, I, it's along the lines of, like, dosing a friend or something. It's just not not a cool thing to do. And, and like, and, you know, you don't have any idea whether the dog wants that or not. But that having been said, I have met pets, dogs, and cats that clearly <laughs> enjoy marijuana. I mean, it might be controversial to say that, uh, but they enjoy it and or and it helps them i think in some cases like i said uh, like you said older dogs um with uh you know bone issues and things like hip dysplasia um pain in their joints and their bones um can greatly benefit from uh the anti-inflammatory qualities of cannabis uh but again are you going to blow smoke in the dog's face or are you going to uh, provide the dog with a nice mild you know edible um that's you know, made specifically for the body weight and size of that pet. I mean, I think you should start, if you're going to do that sort of thing, start with something specifically made for a dog, like those CBD chews or whatever that they have, and start low and work your way up. And 
if you notice any discomfort or any displeasure in, in, in your pet, you know, discontinue doing that. But, I feel uh, like a company was selling um, medicated dog biscuits at our NorCal cup. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've seen them. And like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not... Uh, I'm not opposed to the idea of it. I just I'm not going to get stand here and say that you should get your pets high because, like you said, the pet doesn't really have a choice in that. And and it's really about how you how you administer medicine to your pet. I mean, if yeah. you consider it medicine, then you're not going to really just be blowing smoke at your pet. You're going to give it uh, a topical or an edible, yeah, or and, administer and- it in some form. You know, maybe even a little bit of oil. Uh, mixed in with the food of of the pet, but make sure that it's what it make sure that it helps and make sure it's what the pet wants. Uh, and you know, by all means, if it helps, do it. But uh, don't just do it for novelty or fun. Right now, you live in uh, in South Florida, you say, so it's probably harder for you to find one of these uh, boutique companies that make dog biscuit medicated dog biscuits but look into it uh see if it's something that you could figure out we appreciate Mm -hmm. your questions we appreciate everyone who wrote in if you have a question that you would like us to talk about or answer on free weed you could write us freeweed at hightimes.com you could also get us on twitter where he is at denny danko and i am at mike hughes underscore we are both very good follows we suggest you do that what do you say we take a little break then come back and put a bow on this episode let's do it Right, here we are at the end of episode number 87, and we're going to wrap it up with a little raw paper, or maybe a big raw paper. Big raw paper. I like those big, big ones. It was a good episode. It's deserving of a larger raw. (laughs) Excellent. Well, you know, thank you, of course, to Jacques and Winstrong, as I always say, for the wonderful song. It gets stuck in all our listeners' heads, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. Actually, one of the notes said that he can't get this uh, the song out of his head. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's kind of what theme songs are supposed to be and do, right? So that's great. So thanks, you guys. Um, thank you to BC Northern Lights uh, for their wonderful sponsorship. Thanks to Gorilla Seed Bank, uh, who've stuck with us as well and who we love over in the UK. So we have Canada and the UK represented here as sponsors. If you're interested in sponsoring, uh, email john at hightimes.com, J-O-H-N at hightimes.com. We'd love to have... Uh, more sponsors, particularly people looking to reach growers, you know, people that are interested in getting started, people that are uh, beginners or, or novices or experts. I imagine there's a few experts that listen to this, I would hope. I would hope. Yeah. And I don't want to talk at a school, but it's actually, it's more affordable than you might expect. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. don't be intimidated. It's not expensive and you're going to reach a very, very targeted audience of awesome people like you guys that are listening. Um, thank you to Matt from BC Bud Depot. Um for the update on what's been going on with BC Bud and all the uh, uh, interesting facts about uh, growing in Vancouver. Um, thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks to my co-host, Mike Hughes, for his eternal patience with me. <laughs> thanks to Raw Papers. Thank you, uh, as always, to the listeners who are the best. You guys are the best. I hope you guys enjoy these weekly episodes we're putting out. If you do, um, send us a tweet or a Facebook encouraging us to keep it up. And, uh, yeah, I think we should just uh, put a bow on it, wrap it up, smoke it, and uh, put it in the books. 